Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we are going to have such a great conversation today with another C-suite network person. I love it when I get to talk to my other C-suite network folks um, because they have such great content and knowledge and expertise. It just is, is great talking to them. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Kazuri Henry to our program today. Welcome, Dr. Kaz. How are you doing today? I am wonderful and good morning. Good morning, Deb, and good morning to this audience. It is such an honor and pleasure to be spending an hour with you all. I love it. And we are so delighted to have you because, holy schmoly, you are one smart cookie. Um, you know, and, but, you know, it's it, what you do to help people is so incredible. So let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will go on from there. So Dr. Kasari Henry, PhD, is driven by her mission of building to last and ennobling for success. Her ability to first develop the being and bring that authentic self to all of the doing makes her a sought-after member of Forbes Coaches Council. CEO of Cass Henry Inc. and founder of Ennobled for Success Institute, her acumen includes Duracell brand awareness for Warren Buffett, business transformation <clears throat> excuse me, for Chicago Teachers Pension Fund, and economic development in the Caribbean region, driving change management, financial strategy, leadership development, and business process improvement. A graduate school professor, she continues to transform students representing the U.S. military, public safety, private sector, and nonprofit sectors. Dr. Cash shares her wisdom-filled lessons to help others live an ennobled, empowered, and positive life by drawing from her life in her number one international bestsellers, Ennobled for Success, from Civil War to a U.S. CFO, and the Resiliency Playbook. Her weekly international podcast, Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right, explores the importance of being centered and finding perspective to influence the change we want to see professionally and societally. So again, Dr. Kaz, welcome. Thank you so much. An honor to be with you, Deb. Well, we are so honored to be speaking with you. One of the things that I always like to start with is to find out how my guests got to where they are today. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are and how you discovered that this is your passion in life. That's a very interesting question. I was born and raised in Sri Lanka, okay. an island nation in Asia, mm -hmm. and I was born in the middle of a bloody civil war. Ooh. So every day was never guaranteed that I will see the end of the day right. and became a refugee in my own home country by the time we were in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And by the time I finished my 10th grade, I decided I was going to leave. Mm -hmm. 
So I left the island. They wouldn't let my parents leave. So I left the island, went to India. Mm-hmm. And then once I figured out what I'm going to do, took my siblings with me. Mm. I raised my siblings, went to school, and I switched to English in India. Okay. And I ended up pursuing the numbers field because the numbers didn't change. We all still use the Arabic numbers. Mm-hmm. So the language changed, but I wanted to stick to something I knew. I was learning to learn in English. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I started the numbers language mm-hmm. and ended up majoring in that part of the world. It's a triple major. Mm-hmm. So computer science, math, physics is where I majored. And mm-hmm. I was one of the first batch of technology students to come out of Bangalore University. Mm-hmm. So at 21, I got hired to work for a British bank as a management trainee mm-hmm. to the international trade finance and treasury platform. And my team was made up of people older than me all the way up to 55. Okay. So I got into management directly, got into fintech directly. Mm-hmm. And then through the banking process, they moved me into the banking, international trade finance, and treasury operations because they mm-hmm. felt that I had the language skills, the cultural skills, and the business acumen. Mm-hmm. So I got my banking credentials and learned my finance and accounting on the job doing tech work. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, came to the U.S., got my MBA, went to work for AT&T as their head of finance and business operations. Mm -hmm. And then at 32, became a young CFO for one of the Aon companies. Mm -hmm. I was in risk management. Mm -hmm. And I left the corporate world just before the subprime crisis. It's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about it if you want to. And I started my own business. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I'd already become a professor. Mm-hmm. I was teaching uh, graduate school and I was working mm-hmm. and I was doing public speaking and writing. So I was pursuing my passion. One of the things I was very conscious about is in the United States, nothing is permanent. Right. It's a disposable society. It's a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Loyalty doesn't matter. It is what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure I never left myself open to be at the mercy of somebody else's choices. Okay. Because I'd already left home at 16. Mm-hmm. I had raised mm-hmm. a family. So I needed to make sure I gave myself options and choices. Mm-hmm. So I had my teaching. I started my consulting practice. And it's through my consulting practice that I went on to do transformation work for the Chicago Teachers Pension Fund. Mm -hmm. I ran a $22 billion pension fund and did the tech and regulatory transformation Mm -hmm. for the pension fund and completely transformed the organization. And then from the pension fund, I went on to work for Warren Buffett to do the Duracell acquisition. Mm -hmm. So I did the acquisition internationally and did a five-year post-acquisition integration Mm -hmm. end-to-end. And to me, nothing I actively pursued. When I went and got my tech degree, I wasn't thinking of becoming a CFO. When I went to India, I didn't have a plan other than I am going to survive and I am going to do something with myself and I'm going to make my family safe. That was Mm -hmm. the goal. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would say there are a couple of things that got me here. The fact that I am open to the universe and I believe the energy I put out in the universe mm-hmm. comes back to me. Mm-hmm. So being open to that and embracing without doubting, mm-hmm. that is part of it. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is actually lifting other people up and helping other people thrive. Mm-hmm. I have never focused on my career, but I've always focused on doing the right thing mm-hmm. for the right reason. Right. Sometimes people say, as long as you do the right thing, even if it's the wrong reason, it's okay. To me, 
that is not. So Mm -hmm. it's partly how I have pursued my relationships and how I have stayed current with the relationship with myself too. Mm -hmm. So I invested me as much as I'm investing in other people and life works out. I have found out that if I am willing to pour into other individuals Mm -hmm. and organizations and lift them up, Mm -hmm. then my cup is always going to be full. Right. I love that so much. You know, and, and one of the things that struck me is, as you were telling your, your, your career story and your life story was that in so many instances, you were a woman in a very male-dominated area, you know, especially the financial world. Absolutely. So how, and, and you were young, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, and, and so how is it that, that you were able to be so successful? Funny you ask that question. Most people assumed Dr. Henry was a man and I was a secretary. Ah, mm-hmm. and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I am perfectly okay with it. I am not somebody who gets bent out of shape. Mm-hmm. I never show up as a woman or a person of color or as an immigrant. Mm-hmm. My identity, as you read in the intro, I am a being. Mm-hmm. And as a human being, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't put labels on myself. Mm-hmm. And in three to six months, people stop putting labels on right. me. People come into meetings saying crazy things to me before they go in to meet Dr. Henry. Mm-hmm. I've had grown men run out of the conference room to put cold water on their face and come. Mm-hmm. I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I laugh through the whole thing and I and get the uh, upper end of a negotiation because they've already put both feet in their mouths. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So. To me, it was sport. Their inability to respect a woman and not do their homework mm-hmm. is not my problem, but mm-hmm. I will capitalize on it with all my humor. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I love that because I think humor is, is one of the missing elements, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 it, and, and it's not humor poking fun at someone, you know, because that's, that's not that's not humor. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's me. That's yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, but, but yeah, it's like, no, nope, no, nope, I'm a woman. And then you go on, you know, that's, you know, and, and, um, and as you said, pretty soon, it's just, oh no, this is Dr. Cass period. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you a funny story. So when I went to work for Aon, they were all Irish Catholic men over 55. Oh my. <laughs> So they were used to, you know, you take a bathroom break from the meeting. They all go into the men's room and they're talking. Mm-hmm. In American bathrooms, the walls are very thin. Mm-hmm. The men's room and the women's room are always across from each other. Mm-hmm. So I can hear them talk. So what I would do, I would yes. not. Hello. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, if you're continuing the meeting, I'm coming in. And while I'm on my way in, let me know if you need extra paper towels. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Finish up quickly. (laughs) That I might walk in Mm -hmm. because I am not the norm. Mm -hmm. I don't react to things like everyday American Mm -hmm. women do. Right. So they were so terrified. I actually might walk in. Mm -hmm. So they stopped talking about business in the bathrooms because they were terrified I was going to walk in. Right. Right. So it's these little things that I do that are uniquely me. Mm -hmm. I never get angry Mm -hmm. because the minute I get angry, I've lost the ability. Mm-hmm. transform the whole journey. Mm-hmm. And to their credit, mm-hmm. 
they were open to transforming themselves. Mm. So to me, a lot of times it's the energy I put out Mm -hmm. and it was okay. And I understand. Mm -hmm. And I learned football and I learned other things enough to have conversations Mm -hmm. Thanks to my husband. Mm -hmm. So uh, they saw me willing to meet them halfway. And they saw that I came with no chip on my shoulder. Right. Right. And surprisingly, during that time, there were a handful of CEOs from other companies reached out to me saying they are getting ready to retire. They want to pass on their legacy to a young emerging female leader, and they felt comfortable with the way I showed up. Mm -hmm. They don't feel threatened, so they Mm -hmm. work with me. So. Mm I had strangers connect with me through LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and become, you know, an extension of my professional family and some into my personal family Mm -hmm. because of the way I showed up. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, and and you mentioned not having a chip on your shoulder. And I think that's so important because sometimes we do go in with that, that chip. And what it means is we're expecting negative. You know, and, and instead going in and saying, yeah, let's get to work. <laughs> you know, that's and and I think that's the, the the hard part, especially about being a woman, being a minority, being, you know, several different things in in, in all of these uh business situations. We do I and you know, I think it, you know it's it's I've I've had that situation where I have expected that people are going to treat me different because I'm a woman. And I've been in in several very male-dominated areas. And so because I expected it, I looked for it and I was waiting and I almost set them up for it. Right. You know, yeah. and, and so that's the key is to not do that. And it's hard. I mean, you know, because in, in a lot of ways it's been ingrained in us, but it's, you know, it's just go in and, and, you know, you're there to do the job. That's, that's the, the, the reason you're there. And I had the advantage of coming from Sri Lanka and being a Tamil Hindu from Sri Lanka. Culturally, we are a polyandrous society. Women took multiple husbands. To this day, we do not take a father's name or a husband's name. Mm -hmm. And woman is the head of the household. Ah. And the first female elected head of state in the entire world came out of Sri Lanka Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the 60s. I come from a female-dominated society Mm -hmm. where in the house, husband and wife are equal partners, Mm -hmm. but the wife makes the decisions. Mm -hmm. I love it. So cool. We are more educated and we don't get married till we are settled in our career. And when we get Mm -hmm. married, the husband moves into the wife's house. She's in charge. I love it. Oh, that is very cool. That is very cool. Um, You know, and it's, and I love, especially, you know, now with Zoom and and everything, how we're getting to know so many cultures and and bring the strengths from from each of them. I think that's that's just such a wonderful benefit now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I give part of the credit to my culture Mm -hmm. because we were not raised to be a little less than. Right. Yeah. You know, and 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 I think that's you know, I'm I'm at the tail end of the baby boomer generation, and you know now I my mother who you know bless her she's still alive she's 89 years old, wow. um she was a very strong powerful even independent woman, um you know and and so I was in many ways raised to be like that, but I remember like the 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 high school counselor. You know, she didn't she didn't really have time for me to talk about what schools I wanted to go to because, you know, you were just going to get married and you weren't going to use that degree. 
And, you know, I didn't get married until I was 30. And, you know, it was in many, you know, it was still the end of the leave it to beaver type of programs on TV where, where women were very much, I don't want to say subservient because in so many ways they were partners, but it was a very different dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mother had her role. Father had Mm -hmm. his role Mm -hmm. and the lady stayed at home and the husband went and brought the bacon. Right. Yeah. I know. I was just thinking that I need to find that commercial. Um, and it came out, I think, probably in the 70s. It seems like it would be where the woman, you know, she's got her business suit on and uh, and her frying pan. And she's going to uh, bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. And, you know, and so it's showing she's the career woman. And the, I I have absolutely no idea what she was advertising for. But I mean, have to find that again. Because, you know, it's it, it even back in the 70s, it was showing that women could do multiple things. Yeah. We, we are wired to be parallel in our tasking, right? And as much as I hate to say this, we all know that men are sequential in their processing and their right. doing. Mm-hmm. It's how we're wired just the same way men can't see all the colors, mm-hmm. whereas women can. It's a chromosome thing. It's a genetic right. thing. Right. You know, and, and I think in a business setting, you know, if you're talking about masculine and feminine, you know, it's it's great to have both. Um, I think one of the, the biggest things, of course, that, that women bring is empathy. And, you know, and, and we're able to really think about the other people and, and, you know, become the leader that empowers, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, one of the things I think that is, has been one of the greatest things that we've really been seeing are men who are learning how to do that. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought this up because there are various cultural dimensions that Mm -hmm. make businesses successful Mm -hmm. and they are both defined in the two extremes, Mm -hmm. but the magic happens in the middle. Masculinity is about outcome and results and Mm -hmm. performance. Femininity is about nurturing and kindness Mm -hmm. and empathy and Mm -hmm. developing. Right. One without the other doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And more than anything else, COVID has proved the importance of being in that center. And that's part of what I do in my Goldilocks show. Mm-hmm. How do you find that centeredness mm-hmm. instead of being on either extreme mm-hmm. so that you have maximum opportunity to influence? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, tell me more about that. What is unleashing your inner Goldilocks? I love that name. It's reflective of me. It's fun. It's vivacious. At the same time, it has a deeper meaning. Mm -hmm. Imagine when we were young or when you see a young person in your life, your child, your niece, nephew, they know exactly how to wrap adults around their little finger and get Mm -hmm. what they want, right? Right. Even before they talk, they've figured it out. We Mm -hmm. all had it inside of us. Somewhere along the way, we've lost it because we've allowed conditioning to take place. Mm. So she knew exactly how to get her porridge perfect, not too mm-hmm. hot, not too cold. Mm-hmm. Her chair and her bed had to be not too hard, not too soft. Mm-hmm. And what this is teaching us is if we found that centeredness, then we are going to be able to, we are going to be able to um, show up in a way that we can influence more people. Why mm-hmm. do I say that? Research shows that we can only influence three levels from where we are, just three. Mm -hmm. So if I'm already at the extreme right end, Mm -hmm. I can only influence three levels towards the center. Mm -hmm. 
If I'm already at the extreme left end, I can only influence three levels towards the center. Mm -hmm. But what if I took a holistic perspective and got other people's take on things and how certain things land on other people, Mm -hmm. not just my perspective? You're popular. (laughs) I know. Sorry about that. That's all right. These are. So as long as I can see other people's perspectives, Mm Now, all of a sudden, I'm not just coming at it from the perspective of what do I want, Mm -hmm. but how is this landing on other people? Right. When I see how this is landing on other people, I am moving towards the center. Mm -hmm. And from the center, I can influence three levels to my right, three levels to my left, Mm -hmm. and everybody else in the center. Mm -hmm. So I've taken the factual results Mm-hmm. of three degrees of influence mm-hmm. and magnified it to seven degrees of influence. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm coming from the most selfish place, mm-hmm. it behooves me to get centered right? so that I can influence as many people as possible to accomplish my selfish task. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I don't want to get political here, but I think one of the things that we see is that's what happens here is you have people on the far right and the far left. and the only people they're really talking to are the people on the far right and the far left. And the the centrists, which really is most people, that's, you know, that's where, you know, that's the the common ground, Um, you know, and and I think we see, you know, and and not political, when we see good leaders, they are those people who are in the middle, um, you know, and, and, and they be a little, you know, one side or the other, but you know, yeah. they they do they they have the ability to to see that wider picture, mm-hmm. and they're able to look at it from a holistic shared perspective. Mm-hmm. And when we realize the lives we sustain ultimately is our own, mm-hmm. that's the aha moment. That's when magic happens professionally and for the business. Because if I One of the things I was doing after the subprime crisis is helping my local community, small business owners through the Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. And it was a very conservative, uh, Christian, white, male type of a culture. Mm -hmm. Nobody looking like me lived Mm there. But I I don't think of myself that way. So I didn't realize it until people told me I was different. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Whatever. (laughs) And so as I'm helping these gentlemen, one of the things they said is, we don't want to do business with women. We don't want to do business with these ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm glad you're sharing that with me. But do you realize 51% of American population is women? So you're already saying you only want to compete for Mm -hmm. the 49% of the Mm -hmm. pie. And then of that 49%, you don't want any of these people. Mm -hmm. So now you are all. All you older white men are competing mm-hmm. for at 20% of a pie. Right. And you've seeded the rest of the space. Mm-hmm. Is that wise from a mm-hmm. business? Mm-hmm. Should your business be put to that kind of a biased, mm-hmm. myopic view? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's why your business is suffering? What if you took an open perspective? Right. Because you're here to serve and your mission is to serve, mm-hmm. then serve. Mm-hmm. And if you do that right, everybody will come. You don't need to take everybody home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Keep your perspective and your beliefs where they are. Mm-hmm. 
but come from a mindset of service. Mm -hmm. And then you can catch more bees with your honey, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a huge journey for some of them to take it. Mm -hmm. And it was hard for them to hear it from a, I also look younger than I am. I'm in my Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) business. But hearing it from a younger immigrant mm-hmm. woman, because that's how they looked at the label. Right. Mm-hmm. But over time, they got used to it. Mm-hmm. And we were able to build communities of businesses mm-hmm. and put people who have complementary services, mm-hmm. men and women and people of different ethnic groups, mm-hmm. put them together and show them how it's done. Right. And once they see the business possibility, mm-hmm then everything else opens up. So sometimes I believe that if instead of getting scared or saying, oh, they're going to come at us a certain way, I am a believer. They don't know me. Mm -hmm. They are making judgments based on what they have been told because they've never experienced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me show up in my glorious self Mm -hmm. with all my optimism and positivity. Mm -hmm. And let them see that what they think mm-hmm. I am is not really who I am. Right. And I'm willing to take that chance. I give everybody the opportunity to prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, it, of course, the key is, and I've you know, talked with you on this program and, and a little bit before, you do that with grace. You mm-hmm. know, again, it's not going in with the chip on your shoulder, um, you know, because it's it's much easier for us to accept you know or to change our minds maybe when we come to that conclusion rather than if somebody tries to beat us over the head with it absolutely and i am married to a pennsylvania dutch preacher's son oh okay my i call mike's dad dad and mm-hmm. his mom mom mm-hmm. and dad loved me till the last breath he took and he took me everywhere, introduced me by my full name, Kasturi, and referred to me you as You were his daughter. daughter. Mm-hmm. I was the daughter he always wanted and never had. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to church. I'm a Hindu, but I go to church with him. After church, mm-hmm. we have picnics. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, he would tell everybody, my daughter Kasturi is from India. And mm-hmm. I would tell him, Dad, I'm not from India. I'm from Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. And he would say, oh, what's the difference, Kasturi? Right. Mm-hmm. To him, oh, they all blur together. Oh, I said, okay, dad, I understand to you it feels the same. So is it okay for me to tell my friends that my dad is from Mexico? He said, why would you do that? I said, because same part of the United States used to be Mexico. Mm-hmm. You have a land border where everything mm-hmm. is porous. Mm-hmm. And what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Sri Lanka and India are going to separated by a mighty ocean. Right. And totally <laughs> different. We mm-hmm. are a female-dominated society. They're a masculine society. Mm-hmm. We have very different cultures and we speak different languages. But so I am okay you saying to everybody, I'm Indian. I'll let everybody know you're Mexican. Mm-hmm. He never, ever called me Indian again. But it was my way of mm-hmm. being gentle and mm-hmm. funny. And respectful. And respectful. Mm-hmm. I loved him. He loved me. And mm-hmm. we could have that conversation. Right. right. Well, and you had that conversation from that respectful place of love, as opposed to saying, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, you know, I've been in business situations like that, where, you know, and, and 
you know, it's like, and I really want to say, really, shall we test IQs here? Um, you know, but, but yeah, where I have had, and you know, I had a college professor that told me that one time because I dared to ask a question. It was, you know, I'm sorry, that was dumb. I let it pass during the class. And then I went up afterwards and I said, you don't do that again. You know, and, 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 and I said, you know, and, and it was funny. It was, it was a statistic class and I'm not a numbers person. You're a numbers person. I'm not a numbers person. And so I was struggling a bit and I raised my hand and I asked the question and he's, you know, he's, he said, you know, that's, that's a, that is a stupid question. You should have learned that in your eighth grade algebra. And then he went on, you know, he did not answer my question, didn't do anything. And, and it was funny because the whole class kind of went, right. And And I didn't press it. I mean, that was that was not the appropriate place. But I went up to him and I said, you know, sir, I need you to understand that I took eighth grade algebra. And I I say I'm not a numbers person, but I took eighth grade algebra when I was a sixth grader, Um, you know, and and so, you know, I I might not like numbers, but, you know, I used used to be good at them. And, And I said, you know, eighth grade algebra was a really long time ago for me. I said, but more importantly, I should never have to have asked that. Because you need to be explaining this so that those who never had eighth grade algebra can understand it. And he and I actually had a really good chat over it. Um, and but you know he was he was he he was one of those old white professors, very stuck in his way. Um, you know, and and here were all of these silly little girls. I was in my twenties when I was taking this class, and um, you know, but but yeah, it's and but because I didn't call him out in the class. And, and I went up to him afterwards and I said, let's have a discussion about this. It at least appeared that, that you know, he was receptive to it. Yes. And, and sometimes people just don't realize that they are stuck in their ways. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it's really comfortable there. Yeah, <laughs> because that was their era. That's how they grew up. When I was at Aon, my my finance team, my accounting and finance team was very diverse. I had men and women. And it just ended up that every person was from a different country. Ah, I had American. I, I had bet Russian, that was wonderful. I had, Malaysian, mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. Polish. I had Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. I had Indian. And uh, the senior salespeople mm-hmm. would come in because they always want to know what their commission is going to be for the month. Mm-hmm. And they'll come in and say, oh, girls, oh, girls, can you check my numbers for me? Mm-hmm. And so these girls would come and tell me they're insulting us. I'm mm-hmm. like, then don't it that way mm-hmm. be playful mm-hmm. so next time he calls you girls you turn around and say hey grandpa hang on a minute let me look <laughs> mm-hmm. right be mm-hmm. nice gentle be funny treat mm-hmm. them like they are your grandparents because mm-hmm. they're old enough to be your grandparents right. mm-hmm. yeah. so show them love mm-hmm. show them levity mm-hmm. and watch in a week they will change mm-hmm. right and that's what happened yeah yeah, I worked with a guy that continually called me sweetie, uh-huh. and he was not that much older than me, um, you know, and, and so he knew it really wasn't appropriate. I think he couldn't remember my name. And really, it's like, that's not a hard name to remember. But, um, you know, and, and I, I put up with it. And then a couple of times in front of the CEO, when he called me sweetie, I called him honey. <laughs> and I don't know if he just came to that conclusion by himself that sweetie was not appropriate or if the CEO said something to him, but it only took me calling him honey once. (laughs) (laughs) 
I bet somebody took him aside and talked to him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, but yeah, I mean, it's, and I, you know, and, and it, it, it's funny, you know, like we go through these times where, and, and words, words matter. I mean, you know, they certainly do, but I'm, I'm not offended when someone calls me hun or sweetie. Sometimes it offends me more when they call me ma'am, because that makes me feel old. But if I know that they're not coming at it from a place where they're being negative, then I'm okay with it. If it's, you know, if it's like, okay, well, he calls everybody hun or she calls everybody hun, then I'm okay with it. But, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, yeah, I called him honey and that, that pretty much ended that. <laughs> that is the best way to deal with it because if you got upset, that goes to a negative place. Right. Oh yeah. Because then it would have, then he would have, he would, and he was that type of person. Yeah. Um, he would have gotten I nasty. I believe most people don't wake up every morning and say, I'm no. going to make everybody else's life miserable. No. It's no. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and that's where it is so important to, to come at it from the heart, from thinking, you know, how can I make things better for people? Well, in your bio, we talked about building to last and ennobling for success. And I want to make sure that people understand it's not enabling, it's ennobling. So tell us what that means. I am glad you asked. For my doctoral dissertation in finance, Mm -hmm. I looked at the nexus of profits and ethics Mm -hmm. because that is the Achilles heel of business. Mm -hmm. Right. Ethics and, go and profits go. Yes. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to look at it with the mindset to honor both the mm-hmm. Eastern and Western tradition because I come from the East right. and here I'm working in the West. Mm-hmm. As I did my research and going back to Plato and Aristotle and the ancients, ennoble is a word they use. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. talk about the importance of everybody embracing the reality that you don't have to be blue blood to be noble. Mm -hmm. If you're kind, you're compassionate, Mm -hmm. you have grace, you have humility, you have empathy, and you put other people first because the greater good matters, then you show up with nobility because you are making sure that everybody you're responsible for, you are appropriately serving. Mm right? And so that Western concept fascinated me. I wasn't aware that the Western world embraced it as much as the Eastern world did. And uh, uh, pre-Christianity, the Western world also embraced the notion of rebirth and the soul. There Mm -hmm. was no heaven or hell. We're all coming back because the soul is a bundle of energy Mm -hmm. and the energy can never be destroyed or created. So in the days of ancients, it was very similar to the Hindu philosophy of in every life form, we are becoming a better version of ourselves. And when we say ourselves, it is our soul. Mm. The soul is evolving through life forms. And this happens to be one life form. And everything we learn and do and we the way we touch other lives that ability for us to ennoble and be ennobled goes with us to our next lives because that's part of the soul's journey. I love that. That is so cool. 
So looking at that intersection of the East and West, how mm-hmm. everybody looked at it mm-hmm. from that gentle, graceful, humble way. Mm-hmm. And it was not the power of position that talks to a power of influence mm-hmm. that is more sustainable, that mm-hmm. builds everybody in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. So as I did my dissertation and I purposely chose it because I wanted to do work in that area, having walked out of the only job I walked out of just before the subprime crisis, because I wasn't going to do certain things for money. Mm-hmm. And as a Hindu, I believe that my karma follows me and I, I remind people, I'm not coming back as a rat because you wanted to get rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm and not being a bug. The worst thing that you can do to me is kill me. But guess what? I'm a Hindu. I'm not going to have an hell. I'm coming back and imagine I might be your granddaughter. Mm-hmm. I might be your grandson's wife. I might be your granddaughter-in-law. So be careful. I might break your heart and bankrupt you. So mm-hmm. I say things like this and people don't know what to do with me, right? right. You know, is she kidding? Is she mm-hmm. real? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe what if that happens? Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do. I want right. them to. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about, okay, this is where my passion is. This is where I want to make an impact. This mm-hmm. is where I want to stand in my th- truth mm-hmm. and help businesses and leaders transform. Mm-hmm. So I started building everything around the fact that how do I talk about my ennobling journey? I left home at 16. Mm-hmm. I didn't get here because of everything I did. Right. I got here because other people saw a young child mm-hmm. working and supporting a family and cooking and cleaning and doing everything. And people had the grace and compassion and kindness and empathy to make my life possible. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wrote that book, Ennobled for Success, mm-hmm. because I was ennobled by other people to become who I am. Mm-hmm. And now I am passing it on to the others. And when we do this over and over again, and I touch five lives and those lives touch five other lives, all of a sudden we can touch a million people mm-hmm. in a very short time span. And by doing so, we are building our humanity and our businesses and our society mm-hmm. in a sustainable way so that they last. They last with right. grace. They last mm-hmm. with Mm-hmm. And they last with sustainability. Mm-hmm. But that's why I choose building to last and ennobling for success as my mission, as my value proposition. Mm-hmm. And I have named my institute Ennoble for Success Institute. I have an Ennoble for Success publishing where I help mm-hmm. authors write mm-hmm. and bring their story and their message forward. Mm-hmm. And then Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks is that playful way of right. helping people find that centeredness. Mm-hmm. So that we can continue to ennoble in mm-hmm. different ways and be ennobled. Right. Because it's one of those things where the more you give, the more you get. Right. Right. So that is, and I don't know why this just popped into my head, but what is your definition of success? Beautiful question. I love that. One of the very first lessons I had in life before I was a teenager is there are only three things that are lasting. My mother was a professor. My dad was a banker. They were politically connected. They had societal power. They were influential. We had money. All of that goes in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. The only three things that stay with me are my sense of who I am and my relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. My relationship with my maker, because I don't put a religious label to it. My relationship with my maker 
and how I honor that because every breath I take is a gift Mm -hmm. and how I live this life is my gift back to my maker. And the third thing is the only thing that matters in life is how I touch other lives. Mm -hmm. Everything else is up for grabs. Mm -hmm. So when I see that and I understand that, then the universe is all falling into place. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to think about anything in a very material way. Right. And I truly believe that people are to be valued and things are to be used. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's frustrating. I'm living in a world where everybody believes people are to be used and things Mm -hmm. are to be valued. Right. And and let's be honest, you know, the, the U.S. really is big on that. Mm-hmm. So I hope that answers your question. It, it did, you know, because I knew, you know, you you were not going to get to you. It was not money, um, no. you know, or things like you said, um, you know, it's it's so to it's, me. It's, yeah. If I were to rephrase it. So to me, success is am I living a life worthy of the gift that is given to me? Mm-hmm. That's success. Right. Am I truly being the soul of where I stand? Mm-hmm. That is success. Am I truly empowering other people and making life possible for others? Mm-hmm. That is success. And at the end of the day, am I at peace with myself? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when we see people who aren't living like that, but the, one of the things that always strikes me is I look at that and I think what pain they must be in. True. And too many times people talk about they want to be successful and they chase success. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't matter what people define success to be. Mm-hmm. I don't hold it against them if they want to own a particular kind of car mm-hmm. or live in a particular zip code, mm-hmm. have a particular amount of bank right. balance. That is okay. Mm-hmm. But what would you do to get that? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Were was, you ethical? Were you, Did you yes. empower people or tear them down? Yes. Did you destroy people on the way? Mm-hmm. And I always jokingly remind, especially young ones who want to grow, 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 and they don't care who's in the way. Be very careful whose toes you tap, step on on your way up mm-hmm. because they're connected to the butts you have to kiss on your oh, way yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> small world. <laughs> very, very small world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can only imagine what your your uh, college classes are like. I'm, I'm guessing they're very popular classes. And, and I know that you've, so. you've, you know, you've, you've won awards. Um, and I can see why. You know, you talk about how important it is to be true to ourselves and to be authentic. Are there times when you've had to make choices? You know, you mentioned the, the the one job that you left, but are there other times that you really had to make choices that many people wouldn't make just to stay true to yourself? Absolutely. I never choose something that my soul is not going to be at peace with. Okay. And let me give you this story because this is something I share. Uh HSBC hired me out of uh, Aon Mm -hmm. to uh, integrate their wholesale, retail, and correspondent mortgage banking. Mm. So I went as the VP, uh, senior VP of finance Mm -hmm. to make that uh, entire integration happen Mm -hmm. and take a seven-day 
international close process that requires US GAAP and IFRS for international standards, mm -hmm. reduce it to a three-day close with all the analytics and the ability to report to the street. Wow. Okay. So it's tech enabled. It is business transformation. It's process integration, all of that put together, mm -hmm. which is my sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And I have stayed away from US banking systems mm -hmm. because US banks are not about economic stability. US banks are about their own profitability. Right. I mm -hmm. started with a bank that used to be the Federal Reserve for all British colonies. Mm -hmm. We were the Federal Reserve for Hong Kong. We did monetary policy. We printed mm -hmm. the money. Mm -hmm. So if you see old uh, Hong Kong dollars, mm -hmm. it'll stay Standard Chartered Bank. Mm -hmm. So I come from a culture of the economic stability trumps your profitability. Mm -hmm make the country stable and help it grow mm -hmm. and organically you two will grow. Right. right. So I stayed away from American banks, but HSBC was the original Hong Kong and Shanghai banking corporation that partnered with us. They mm -hmm. were based out of Hong Kong. And mm -hmm. so I had a working relationship with mm -hmm. them. So I assumed mm -hmm. that they brought those same values. Right. But what I didn't realize until I went in is HSBC came into the United States by acquiring a indicted predatory lender household finance. Uh-oh, <laughs> that's, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. I know. And they integrated everything except culture. Mm -hmm. And they left those indicted predatory lender executives in charge. Ooh. And so as I am in there looking at the numbers and looking at the process, I'm realizing oh, these guys are in the middle of this subprime push. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and talked to them and said, okay, here are three different ways we can approach this and still make our numbers, but not do it the same way. Mm -hmm. I am open to looking at it in a hundred other ways. Mm -hmm. The next 90 days, I need to see movement or I won't have a choice but to leave. Mm -hmm. And my boss looked at me and said, Cass, how stupid are you? You have sign-on bonus and we're doing so great. You have year-end bonus. You have over a quarter of a million. What does it matter? Yeah. You have a quarter of a million coming to you. I said, I still stand by what I'm saying. I'll give a 90-day option. Let's think about this and let's work through it. Mm -hmm. 90 days came. They didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I went and said my goodbyes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I told you. Mm-hmm. And my boss looked at me and said, are you really that stupid, Cass? I won't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And I said, I referred to him by name and I said, and do I look like a whore to you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he, he was shocked. He said, why would you say something like that? Mm -hmm. Why would you say something like that? Why would you even bring that up? I said, mm -hmm. I'm glad. I'm mm -hmm. glad you are chagrined. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you realize right. mm -hmm. and you're confirming to me, you don't think my body is not for sale. So mm -hmm. why in God's why is my mind for sale? Mm -hmm. Why is my soul for sale? Mm -hmm. I asked him, why would I sell my soul for 250 grand or even 500 grand? Why? Mm -hmm. His jaw was on the floor. I walked out. Mm -hmm. The only job I ever walked out, most everybody on my team, including the controller stayed. Mm -hmm. The controller went and talked to her. Husband and daughters. Husband was the stay-at-home parent. Mm. And she said, mommy is going to have to do the right thing. We have to adjust to change our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. The daughters and the husband said, we don't care how you feel. Much back out there and do the job because we're not changing our lifestyle. Mm. So everybody stayed. They all complained about they go for confession every day. And I always jokingly reminded them confession is about making a difference in every day. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. You don't confess the same sin because I can't ask you to tell the rosary or say your Hail Marys mm-hmm. for the same reason. I'm not right. a Christian. Mm-hmm. So that, that's not the way that works. Mm-hmm. School. I know this. This is not how it works. Mm-hmm. So subcrime crisis happened and everybody came to me for reference letters. And I said, no, I won't give you one. No, because you, you, they helped that process. Mm-hmm. It happened because all of you enabled it. If mm-hmm. all of you said you won't do it, it's like throwing a party and nobody came. Mm-hmm. So I'm all, even when I was offered this opportunity with Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. I had to sit down with the head of HR and talk about, I relate the story and say, there are things I will not do for a million bucks off of Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. I have to stand by my values, by my principles, and I will speak my truth. Mm-hmm. So if you're comfortable with that, we can proceed. But otherwise, I understand we don't mm-hmm. need to pursue this any further. Right. The head of HR actually was in tears. It ended up being a therapy session for her because she realized what's wrong in her world. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, to me, it's very important to remain true to my soul. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to value yourself, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and sometimes that is putting a price tag on things. And I'm meaning that in a positive way. You know, I, I talk with so many people who are independent consultants who don't know how to price what they do, um, you know, whether it's an hourly rate or say a speaking fee or things like that. And so many times they undervalue themselves because that little voice in their head said, I'm not good enough. I haven't done this as much. Why would somebody pay me that much? Um, you know, all of those various things. And, and it is about valuing your, your, your heart, your knowledge, um, your experience, all of those various things. Absolutely. And valuing what other people bring to the table too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's, mm -hmm, you know, it's, and, and I think especially for women, it is a challenge. um, And especially in our, our Western culture, because, you know, it goes back to what we were saying at the very start. In many ways, we were taught that we were subservient. We were the secretaries, the teachers, the nurses. Now, mind you, I think those people are the ones who run the world. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. It's funny you say that because at 21, mm-hmm. I was a management trainee and a manager. Mm-hmm. And I had a 50-year-old male secretary. To this day, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and our society values things weird. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big sports fan. Now, not so much college or not so much professional sports, but definitely college sports. But the money that, you know, when I see that somebody is paid... $20 million to throw a ball around, football, baseball, soccer ball, whatever it is, part of me goes, oh my God. Now, you know, there it's what the market will bear. It's market demand. I mean, you know, I, I understand capitalism and, and all of those various things. But, you know, that's that's the value that society has put on things. And again, we don't pay our teachers, our police, our firemen, our nurses, all we don't pay them nearly enough. That's my soapbox. Um, but you know, it's 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 tricky. So how do we succeed in a world where what society values is different than what we value? We have to show up in an authentic way. At least mm-hmm. this is how it works for me. Mm-hmm. Show up in an authentic way 
and stand for what I represent. Mm. And there's a difference between giving somebody something to lift them up mm-hmm. and then giving somebody something so that they can get richer. Mm. So I discern between the two. Mm-hmm. So I'm very comfortable negotiating with a pension fund mm-hmm. or a Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. But I'm also very good about carving out a day in a week and donating it to emerging small businesses and struggling small mm-hmm. businesses and women-owned businesses. Right. Because that is part of give back. And mm-hmm. knowing that is important. And then even when I give back, I tell them, I actually make people sign a contract. A, if you can't pay me, you'll give me a piece of equity. Mm-hmm. And B, when you're on your feet, you're going to turn around and lift mm-hmm. somebody up because I'm going to hold you to it. I am going to mm-hmm. bring something. Back to that karma thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I and love it always works. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to agree, I say I'm not the one for you. Right. That's okay. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's one of the things that it, it's funny. You know, when we go into a contract situation, whether you're a, an employee, you know, you're hiring someone, all those things, you know, having those expectations set out is, you know, we, we need that. You know, we, we discuss, okay, what's the salary? When are you going to pay? What are the benefits? But, you know, it's just as important to have, I shouldn't say just as important, it's more important to have those other things in there. And again, if that's not, you know, if that's not what they want, fine, then part ways at the very start. Um, I was, I was talking with a, a young woman last week, wonderful woman, incredibly intelligent and gotten a little crosswise on an interview situation. And I said, you know, first of all, go back to them and be honest, be truthful. I, you know, and, and I said, and if they push back, it's not where you want to be and just, you know, cut your losses right then and there. And I said, but if they want you, they will, will make it happen. And they did, um, you know, and, and, but I think that's the, you know, it, it, uh, I tell people a lot of times it's that gut instinct. You know, we, we go into a situation and we think, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've all done that with job interviews and things like that too, where there's just something that you're thinking, not really where I want to be. And, you know, sometimes we do have to take those, you know, we have to take those jobs. I mean, you know, we have mortgages to pay, we need to eat, but, you know, going in with an understanding that this is temporary, you know, and, and, and then doing things to make it better. So going back to Absolutely. school, you know, reading books, all of those things. And I will always advise people to have multiple streams of income, right? Mm-hmm. Passive and active streams mm-hmm. of income so that you can, the reason most people end up going against their conscience is they feel they do not have a choice. Right. Mm-hmm. They have they that mortgage to pay society, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So why not give yourself an option? And that's one of the things I teach my students. Mm-hmm. Give yourselves options so that you can live your authentic life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. You know, and oh my gosh, we've only got a couple minutes left. And we didn't even talk about one of the things that I wrote down, that, you know, and so we just have to have you back. And that is the education aspect. You know, we're, we, and I don't care if we're five years old or, you know, 50 or 90. There are so many things that we're not teaching people we're not learning ourselves and financial independence is is one of the biggies absolutely um, so you know we'll we'll definitely have to to have you on to to talk more about that but in the meantime tell us what it is 
you know, how can you help people? And tell us how people reach out and connect with you. Thank you. Thank you for asking that. The best way to connect with me is uh, go to my www.cashenry.com website Mm -hmm. and all the tools to get in touch with me is there. Mm -hmm. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Dr. Kasturi Henry. Um, In terms of what I can do to help people, I help entrepreneurs with starting up their business, Mm -hmm. pivoting their business. And I also do training programs, taking the tools and expertise from the Warren Buffetts of this world Mm -hmm. and making it available and accessible with worksheets and everything to the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So Noble for Success Institute actually has an entire curriculum called Foundation for Success. Mm -hmm. And all the foundational tools are provided and I do it as a cohort program. Mm -hmm. So that I'm also showing people the importance of collaborating. Perfect, Warren perfect. Buffett is not successful because he shows up alone. He's successful because he's still having breakfast meetings with Bill Gates and the others, right? Mm-hmm. And they eat McDonald's with coupons, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other thing I do is I also coach. I coach business folks and I coach leaders. Mm-hmm. So whether you are a person transitioning from a profession to business, you're starting up a business, or you're struggling with how to show up as a leader, all of those are wrapped into one. Mm-hmm. So I do coaching as well. I love it. I love it. You know, this this really has been just an absolute fascinating discussion. This is why I set a timer because, you know, two hours from now, we'd still be going because this is just such a, a great conversation. And so I, I do look forward to having you on again. Um, you know, so again, tell people how they find you and connect with you. Thank you. So you can reach me at www.cashenryks.com. H-E-N-R-Y.com, or you can get me on LinkedIn at Dr. Kasturi Henry, K-A-S-T-H-U-R-I, Henry, H-E-N-R-Y. I'm the only one with that name combination. You can just Google my name and you'll find me. I can't hide. Mm -hmm. And it has been such an honor and pleasure to spend this hour with you, Deb, and share my journey with your audience. And I cannot wait to hear back from people. And please reach out to me. I'm here to help you. I will meet you where you are. And my goal is truly to enable your success so that you can build to last. I love it. Well, do you have, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? My final thought is no matter what's going on in your life, show up with kindness and grace. Mm-hmm because all the doors will open. The universe has a way of making things happen if we just showed up with kindness and grace. Oh, such wonderful words to leave this on. I am Deb Creer. I've been having the most wonderful discussion with Dr. Kasturi Henry. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.